Welcome to the Herpreneur Show, episode 135. Today we have Carolyn Bellinger, the author of Empowered Woman and the founder of Be the Impossible. Welcome to the Herpreneur Show, where we talk women, business, life. I am your host, Annette Lakovich. I'm an entrepreneur, businesswoman, mum, and I'm a fitness fanatic who loves to dance. What I also love to do is help you reach your fullest potential in business, health, and happiness. Join me as I bring you life-changing interviews, world-class education that helps you continue to up-level your next stage in greatness. It's your time to shine. Let's do it. Hello there. Welcome back. Boy, oh boy, today I'm sharing this interview in hope that it's going to help some of my ladies out there who have a dependency perhaps on alcohol or some type of drugs, um, and they're still highly functional. Today, we hear about a 12-year transition from self-hatred to self-esteem. Caroline Bellinger, who we have on the show today, openly shares with us that she was a highly functional addict, and in 2009, she became sober. She went on to great heights, incredible successes from life business. Uh, She's a passionate life coach these days, a motivational speaker, the creator and author of Be The Impossible. Today, Caroline dedicates her life to empowering other women through inspirational keynotes, coaching programs, and online education. She's very passionate on her social media challenges to raise awareness of childhood sexual abuse and mental health illness. I hope you enjoyed today's interview. It's very raw. It's very honest. And I loved how transparent Caroline was. Let me introduce you to Caroline Bellinger, Be The Impossible. Yay. Thank you, Annette. Lovely to be here. And I can't wait to help empower more women. I've got your book here. Yes. Empowered Women. What's beautiful about this and what you're doing is, and a part of this book, when you actually open, you say women from all walks of life at all stages within their journey are stepping into their power. No longer are they dimming their inner light. And I really feel like right now, and if you're into astrology and if you're not, ladies, please just hear me out, okay, and just keep listening because the interview will not always be about astrology. Though, what astrology is showing us and the way things are happening with our planets, it is in more in the more in the feminine power. And there's more ability for women these days to be able to step into the power. I think it was like 60 years ago when women could actually first open up a bank account on their own. I would love to though go back to your journey for a moment because everything that gets us to a point where we are in our lives now and being so passionate about what we do and our messages normally comes from pain, not pleasure. Yes. Though it's the, it's the pain or it's the challenges that give us the world's best education and really nourish who we are today. So I would love for us first to start back in a bit of your journey and what has you now helped other women step into their light to really find their purpose or really feel like it is possible to do what they want to do? Yeah, so I'll try to do the short version because there's a lot. I've done a lot of things, which is fabulous, which I love. Um, But essentially, look, I I came from beautiful families. You know, they've always been a loving, supportive family. Um, However, I experienced childhood sexual abuse from the ages of like eight to 17 when I was at university. Um, I went to Melbourne University. I left because of the abuse but never told anyone Mm -hmm. um, because no one spoke about that stuff back then. Um, So one would 
know that for me, like Grace Tame is like my currently my idol and I just love everything she's done to raise the awareness of um, child sexual abuse, even though it has shown recently that uh, no one's really listening still, but that's, you know, another fight for another day. Um, I then found alcohol on boys. So for the next 20 years, you know, I had great jobs. I, I was assistant manager for Flight Centre. I worked for the Commonwealth Bank. I did lots of really great jobs, but my journey of alcohol and unhealthy relationships all tied in to the childhood sexual abuse just meant I was oh a bit of a roller coaster. You know, I was always trying to escape me. Yeah. And I just took myself to the next place. Um, so there was a lot of shame, a lot of self-hatred. You know, I had um, several suicide attempts through that period, a lot of, like, you know, serious mental health. Um, and then just got myself really stuck. You know, just, you know, when you're drinking all the time, you know, whether it's a lot or even a little, there's always a sense of shame, you know, when you don't remember the next day or things happen and you don't know what you've said. So you start building that up and it just makes you feel less worthy. Mm-hmm. So you start, you know, having all that self-doubt. I went to the States. I met a guy. I went to the States. I thought he was the one I was going to marry. But even though I'd cut down on my drinking and smoking and drugging and everything back then, that still wasn't good enough. Um, I didn't particularly like living in the States. I missed home. Came back to Australia. I uh, was only home for a short time and found out I was pregnant. So mm-hmm. I was about nine months home. I actually... And I'm pretty raw about this, so if it, you know, I hope it doesn't trigger anyone. But I essentially found out I was pregnant at an abortion clinic mm-hmm. um, because I thought, you know, my life was a mess. I was drugging, I was drinking. I, I still had a good job, and I was high, you know, what they call a highly functional addict, yeah. as many women are, because we're very good at being organised and masked. Um, so I found out I was like five months pregnant. Wow. I barely even showed. Um, so then I went through four months of adoption counselling because I still was like no child deserves to have me as their mother. You know, and that was literally the the depth of my self-hatred. Um, when my son was about seven, I went and did six months residential rehab, mm-hmm. um, which was brutal. At that point I'd also discovered I'd always had done sport netball, basketball, all of that amongst partying. Um, But for my mental health, that was the one thing when I got sober, like my mental health didn't just go away or fix itself. It was obviously better, but I had all these emotions that I didn't know what to do with. And when Um, you say mental health, what was what was happening where you can label it mental health was it okay. thoughts about the past was it yeah. yeah so for me there was a combination of i suffer anxiety mm-hmm. um i'm better at managing that now yeah but i still get it mm-hmm. um i depression yeah um where it's that you know and i explain this it's that feeling of it's you know because it's easy to label it as unmotivated and lazy and to know that, do you know what, some days I would so struggle to get out of bed and I'd feel so flat, yet logically in my head everything would be going wonderfully. Mm, yeah. No, I appreciate you going that and I appreciate you being so vulnerable and open with everything because that's how we learn and this is what yeah. you talk about in your book as well where we learn from each other's stories yeah. and the reason why I just want to dig a little bit further because maybe some people 
don't know if it's a mental health thing. And that's why I want to go, what were, what were some of the things, because yeah. it's such a broad range. Um, what made you bring out the book Empowered Women? Uh, so that was part of a journey with a group of women that I knew. And one of the things I loved about it was um, that it is women, and they, when I say nothing special because we're all special, but, you know, no one famous, you know, mm-hmm. women who who every story has a different lesson or life lesson or empowerment and different obstacles. And to come together and work together to create the book uh, was just magical, you know, and support each other and to be able to show people that, you know, just, you know, every person has the ability to get through their challenge. Mm. But if you're sharing your story, I'm a big believer in sharing your story um, is one, you know, I guess, and that's what I guess you'd look back and what even Indigenous did is oh, that, so true. you know, sharing stories. Yeah. That's how you learn and you grow. To show, you know, what I, I guess one of the things I'm so passionate about with me, with my story, and, you know, there's been a lot of trauma, there's been a lot of, you know, unhealthy behaviours and thoughts and all of that, but I, I managed to find a way through it. Yeah. So I'm so passionate that you don't have to be defined. Well, I was thinking about this. I I do say you don't have to be defined by your past. Mm. But I I need to change that now. You know, this is another growth thing because I go, well, no, I am defined by my past. Yeah. But I have created my future. Mm, Yes. Because there is a saying, um, I think it's from the NLP world, um, where they say your past doesn't have to equal your future. Yes. Um, I always hear about as well what a lot of women even today create businesses and are passionate about what they do because the product or the service that they deliver today was the product or service that changed their life and made a huge difference in their life. Yes. Um, What I also want to go back to is reiterate how important it is that we do share our story because our story helps other people learn and your book even though I just got it in my hands yesterday uh, the universe works in such a beautiful way I opened it up and the first page I opened was page 162 and it just caught my eye when I saw the first words about the ladies were wearing fishnet stockings with the leotards, red lipstick, and then, oh, I'm going to get choked up, and the little girl turns around to somebody and she says, that's my mum on stage. And that just got me because, you know, I used to dance and I would just love to be able to bring that feeling of dance back into, you know, female entrepreneurship so they could feel it. And so I'm reading this book and I'm all teary now and just so then the lady that was in the audience that the little girl turned around and was so proud she just wanted to shout and the other ones were like, yeah, that's my mum and that's my mum and it was women of all these different shapes and sizes and that motivated Tamara who's in the book yeah. to get up and bring back her physical culture and, and do the same thing. And um, that was obviously a part that was meant to just reach me and that was in a a second, a split second from her message. And Mm. it's just every single one of us has businesses and this is to the women, you know, when you're listening to this interview, 
what is it part of, you know, where are parts of your story that you need to bring out in your sales process, in your marketing, in your social media to share who you are so people can connect with your brand or your service? Because that straight away, I've been asking my question to myself, how do I bring dance into entrepreneurship? And then as soon as I read that, that's, that's, yeah, that's amazing. Like, oh my gosh. Like I just hit and I just hit up again just saying that because you know that's the power of a story. And gosh, I haven't even been able to read the book, and that's what I was like in two seconds. Even that meant to be, and I'm a big believer that our energy creates what we get. Mm. Um, and I I did study NLP and all that last year as well. And so, and then I find that amazing because I mean, I, over the years I've seen psychiatrists, counselors, drug, whatever, and I've studied, you know, I studied to become, I did social science, so I was going to become a counselor. So I've done a bit of that anyway. But what I loved about NLP was that connection with the future. Mm, yeah. And letting go of that subconscious, that there's so much subconscious stuff that holds us back. Yeah. And I think that's really important to, for women, especially moving forward, because often, you know, the biggest obstacle we have in life is us. You are passionate and you've got part of your brand, which is called the impossible. Yes. What I love when I hear words is the breakdown of a word to reframe it. And my son's seven now and he has just started to use this word in the last two weeks. It's impossible. <laughs> and so I was stopping straight away and I said, do you know if you break that word down, it stands for I'm possible. And I said, never say impossible. When you go to say it, say I'm possible. And I want you to think about what you can do to break through that to make it possible. And it's like just trying to reframe him. Yeah. I would like to go that direction in the interview about how did it get to the stage with wanting to empower women to go from feeling things are impossible to possible. So I guess that's when that organically, you know, I started exploring more life coaching. Mm -hmm. And, you know, each thing I did, every, everything I've done since getting sober, especially like whether it's finishing uni, opening a gym, doing my PT, I've climbed to Everest Base Camp, I've competed in triathlons. Yeah, you did triathlon. You did marathon when you were 50, is that right? Or Triathlon in Switzerland from <laughs> Australia. You've, you've so achieved can, more but, in the last, what, how many years? Yeah, I tried to fit it all in. People um, achieved in their lifetime. But, you know, it, it's like even the little goals, I've found that that's what builds your self-esteem because if you, even if it's a small goal and you, and you achieve it, you go, oh, go me. Yeah. You know, and it just gets bigger. So I got to a point maybe, it's probably only about four years ago now, mm -hmm three, four years ago where I actually started probably for the first time in my life actually really liking who I was. And when I got that feeling, see, I'll tear up now, when I got that feeling and I fully understood that feeling, especially coming from a place of such self-hatred, I, wow. you know I just wanted to share that with everyone. Yeah. I just want, I just want other women to have what I've got. Mm -hmm. and, that, and that's actually what drives me. And I'm not saying like it's always good. I have, you know, moments. I call life one meltdown at a time. Um, <laughs> but but that, that joy, that gratitude mm. of being who I am, I go nothing, no amount of 
anything else outside to me is better than that. But then having that means that everything outside is better. Mm, Yeah, that's right because it's the view of your perception of the world starts and we know this from NLP and everyone's going, what's NLP? If you don't know what NLP, neuro-linguistics programming and people might be thinking, oh, I don't want to learn to program people and manipulate people. It's not. It's actually how to get the best best results out of yourself. It's understanding how to let go of the past and how to really move forward to the future and it's that internal communication. But what you've just said there is the perception of how we see the world has to start from ourselves because yes. it's a mirror. It's yes. complete reflection. Can I can I go back? You actually said something which is really important to um, piggyback on, which was you said about the little the little goals mm-hmm. and what we do in our business with our program is every week at the end of the week we get our clients to say just one to three little steps that they've done for the week because it's the little steps that create the big steps. So let's just say for us, it's about really helping them produce results financially in their business, though it might be just getting their introduction right when they're meeting someone for the first time because sometimes we just stumble in a sales process and, you know, we walk away and we go, oh, my gosh, I've made a friend but I haven't made a sale. <laughs> so it's like how do we articulate that? Or it could be just picking up the phone and doing an inquiry or, you know, um, following up a customer because they gave an objection but you do want to check in on them to see if they've changed their mind. It's all those little steps that create the big wins and that's the same with life. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's, it's such an important thing that I just wanted to bring that back to mm. because... If we just went, okay, what is the little step where you said before about your gym, you yep. said even if it's not them turning turning up to do a workout, you know, if they just got their shoes on and walked yep. into the gym, um, there's a book called Atomic Habits and there's a guy that ended up losing a lot of weight and he, he never exercised, didn't do anything, but his first rule was just to show up at the gym. And okay. he'd, put his, he'd put his shoes on and he'd turn up and he'd walk up, he'd put his bag down and then he'd get, pick it back up and go out. And that's all he did for a couple of weeks. And then his mm-hmm. next rule was a five-minute rule just to get on a bike. So it's like what you were saying, which is all those little habits create the big one where you're just saying to some women, just even just turn up, just to be mm-hmm. in that community, just to feel connected. Yes, Mm. Yeah, and I think, and that's another thing, you know, that connection because a lot of women come back and they might might, might not even like working out, I don't know, um, but they come back because they know that they're going to catch up with all those women. Other yeah, women. yeah. Um, yeah, that's their motivation. But, yeah, look, I think, you know, and again, social media can, you know, and it's always been probably magazines before social media and TV, yeah. but, you know, there is this perception that success happens overnight and I don't know where humans get that perception but they you know were you know that's a very rare occurrence you know there's often 10 years of hard work before you know someone's successful in business or yeah and I think too like for me you know what the journey has to be fun that's for me like I go like theories right (laughs) (laughs) yeah if it's not fun I'm not sticking around I'm with you there. I'm with you there. From a teaching background, yeah. we were always taught that laughter 
And yes. fun makes it easier to learn and retain oh. because subconscious is open. Well, you're more, and you're more relaxed. Yeah. So you're more relaxed, you're more, your brain's more flexible. And look, and for me also, um, eight years ago now, which doesn't seem like that long, um, I actually lost my brother to cancer. So he was incredibly successful, um, Air Force pilot, um, head of the flight school of the Air Force, um, Australia, you know, um, Order of Australia, all of that, beautiful family, kids. And he was 45. So even though I had my own gratitude to be alive because of my own experiences. Wow. When you lose someone close to you who's that young, you know, with everything possible going well, and he wasn't sick, he was a healthy person, um, it makes you have to look at how you want to live your life. Mm. And, you know, that's why I say with success and the journey being fun because, you know, we don't know what's around the corner. Yeah. And I think COVID's been a big, you know, a big highlighter of that. Mm. Anything can happen tomorrow. You know, your journey from having, you know, a beautiful family though there was (laughs) something so disruptive from a very young age that was happening in the background and from my research it was an uncle, is that correct? Yes. To then catapulting you into the world and trying everything under the sun to mask it and, you know, just to yes. feel some type of happiness. Yeah. To change your life around at such a mature age would have not been an easy thing to do. But I just want to say thank you for sharing your story because there's women here that maybe are wanting to change direction in what they're doing in their business or perhaps they are quietly silencing something from the past though to bring it around to now to find so much self-love you know that the the first pivotal point sounded like it was the breakthrough from the running and going wow this is bringing me towards the, the the pleasure um and now going into changing people's lives to show them what is possible, you know, they can do it. Just it's, it's just an incredible journey. Through your whole journey to this point, if there was two pieces of advice, one for the woman in the startup phase yep. and one in the growth phase, because I understand that you've really yep. stepped into entrepreneurship about four years ago, right, bringing all your skills from corporate, from everything yep. together. You understand what it's like from startup. Yes. And then a piece of advice for the woman that is in the next stage. She's ready to expand into another brilliant version of herself. She's ready for more. Could you give a piece of advice for each of those type okay. of people? So I would say for the startup person is definitely trust your own decisions. Mm. Uh, get support. Get get. Surround yourself, I mean, this is life in general, but especially with an entrepreneur starting up, surround yourself with positive people who are going to promote you, support you, encourage you, and give you good feedback when you need it. Yeah. Because uh, <laughs> that's important. You can't just live in a bubble of everyone going, yeah, yeah, you're awesome. Um, but <laughs> also, yeah, get help, delegate. Delegate stuff straight away. You know, a lot of the stuff I didn't do, was probably because I could do it, I held on to it. Yeah. And you do do it at the startup stage because you think you can't afford it. 
Yes. So you'll do everything. And sometimes you can't afford it. No. <laughs> sometimes you have to learn everything. And the way I did everything at the start was bootstrapping and it actually taught me how to do a lot, but now I can bring those skills in. Yeah. First thing I gave up was book work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's um, delegate that pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah. And I think too, like, don't be, well, don't be scared to fail. Go, yeah. Don't don't be a perfectionist. Mm. Don't wait till it's perfect to release your new course or to yeah. have a go at doing a product or whatever. Just do it. Like, yeah. you know, just get it done and you'll learn more sometimes, often, yeah. when it doesn't work out than what you will if you have mediocre success. That's so true. I did a post on Instagram. There was a photo of my client and I she won her first award and she just stepped into entrepreneurship a, a year beforehand. She was a financial planner, decided to go out on her own. Yeah. And, you know, in that year just did incredible work with actually, you know, having a target market of women and doing being an author as well, just getting it all out there in a year. It's amazing what we can do when we have yes. a goal as well. Yeah. Um, and I wrote about the importance that she just took that leap and just never said, my book's not perfect, I can't get it out there. We always, it's so easy to say, don't let perfectionism hold you yes. back, take the risk. Yep. And we talked about our star sign where Aries, Aries are natural risk yep. takers. We normally yep. feel and go ahead and do it and then go, oh, I'll pick up the pieces afterwards. Yep. No, there's such great learning in that because we learn very fast Yes. And if you're thinking about launching a product or whatever that step is, you won't know if it's right no. until you do it. Exactly. And then if that door closes, then go through a window. You'll work out your next step. Yep. It's, you know, the next step shows up with us continually moving forward. Um, but going back to that post, I also wrote about the importance of when you feel that idea or when you feel the next thing that you want to do, the longer you hold on to it and wait for perfectionism, normally yeah. I feel that 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 energy dies oh, and yeah. it fizzles out. Yeah, definitely. And you know, and that's part of like being open to opportunities as well. You know, if someone asks, just say yes and then work it out. Yeah. <laughs> at the start, we're always saying yes. <laughs> the more successful you get, then you have to start going no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then that's yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, more, no more shiny objects I'm at that time at that stage at the moment no <laughs> so thank you for saying yes for this interview as well <laughs> uh, moving on to woman she's in she's ready to expand she's ready to go for it maybe she's evolving evolving to the next version of herself or perhaps her brand's evolving there's yep. there's something there where she's ready to take it up a notch what would you say to her I would say, and, and this is, yeah, absolutely go after it, but also that I think that's the time I find most women and men let go of who they are ah. and get caught up in that whole expanding, scaling their business. Yeah. Um, one of the things I always, you know, and a mentor of mine says is um, income is vanity, profit is sanity. Yeah. Revenue, revenue yeah. is vanity, profit, yeah. sanity. sanity. My husband yeah. says it all the time because obviously yeah. we teach sales, but we teach it's not about the sales you're getting in, mm -hmm. it's how much profit your business is making. Yeah, because you could be making, you know, because if you're scaling a business, you're going to get busier, mm -hmm. you know, to, while you're scaling. Obviously you can step out of it 
hopefully once it's scaled, but that growth process, you're going to be busier. Mm. But if you're not making any more money yeah. than you were when your business was small, you've got to look at, well, what's, yeah. the, what's the point? Mm. Is it just like ego that you've yeah. got a big business? Yeah. Um, and, again, you know, I think we talked about earlier then that whole letting the business become a priority over your health. Mm-hmm. And you know that, and that's where burnout will occur. And sometimes it's it's okay to stage things. I think you know you're obviously going to have peaks and troughs in business at any stage. But you know, especially when you're scaling, you're going for that next step. So if that's what you're going to do, plan that. Mm-hmm. Know that maybe, and give yourself a time limit. You know, if you if you're going to have to work, you know, ten hour days yeah. to get this to the next level, mm. put a limit on how long you're going to do that for. Because otherwise, 12 months down the track, you'll still be doing it, plus some, and you'll be burnt out. Mm. It's so Um, true. I I, I love where you've gone with this, which is probably the question is when you are expanding and when you are looking at the growth side of, let's just say, the expansion of the business or scaling specifically, um, there probably is a question there of why. Yeah. Though you're right in the way that, many businesses when they scale because they're using so many more resources they're normally bringing more team on and you know (laughs) the expenses do go up I remember going to an Anthony Robbins um, business retreat for a week over in um, Fiji and we had to put our numbers in and I just started coaching it was actually a client that gave me a long-term client from where the business I was working with before gave me her ticket to come along with her. She got a free ticket. We're now best mates, this client and I now. Um, I just started my own coaching business. So I was just scraping in six figures. I think I was probably, I don't know, nearly two years in. It took a lot to get to six figures Mm. those two years. And I remember when they put my figures up on the board, my profit margins were, like, ridiculous. It was like... I can't remember, it was it was something ridiculous, like 70, 80% profit because yeah. I was working from home, I had no yeah. expenses. I just started, I think, in the last month, had a VA. There was a company there was doing seven mil. Yep. And I was making more profit yes. in my little business than them with all their, you know, heartache and work that they're doing. So, and risk. Um, and risk. Yeah. Today the most important thing is always looking at your numbers. And I know, ladies, that it might not be exciting for you. It might not be your natural thing. It wasn't mine, but I manufactured it. It was something that I had to manufacture. And every month my husband and I now get together and it's always looking at how many lives do we change? That's what we say instead of how many sales. We talk about we change lives, we change people's lives there. The more money they make in their business, the more lives that they can change, the more people that they're helping and, you know, the greater lifestyle they can have. So we say how many lives have we changed? How many have we saved? People that have maybe dropped off from our program, um, we call them saves, people that have lost interest, not motivated, and then we look at revenue, expenses, profit. Most yep, important. Yeah, yep, absolutely. And look, and I know that with a lot of my clients, the business clients in the last, you know, two years, you know, there has been a lot of like, I say, you need to get into your numbers and work out, you know, where I can make a bit more or cut down your expenses. But you need to know your numbers. Yeah. I oh, there was one of the measurement. 
You'd love this one, Caroline. Yeah. The last measurement is what's our battery, our independent, what is our personal battery level? Okay, yes. And I'm proud to say ours has been 100% green for the last few months. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, yeah. That's really important as well. As you said, there's going to be, you, you mentioned about these, you know, there's going to be times when you will be launching your product, your book, or, yeah. you know, you're doing an event. And you do have to go hard. And those launch periods, they are hard. Those how well do you manage it? Or like you said, make sure that there is a time frame. That there's an out. You've got to have an out. Burning the candles at each end because that's when burnout happens. Then you start to despise what you do. Mm, yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, Caroline, we're talking about wellness. You've made such a big leap in life. You're changing people's lives every day. You may have given the secret away before, but I'm going to ask you anyway because I've finished the interview with this question. What is the one thing that you do on a very regular basis? Preferably weekly. The one thing that I think is the most important thing in my life is gratitude. How do you I went from starting off, you know, which everyone's told to do, um, do your three gratitudes every night. You know, and that's how I started. And I say to my clients, I said, I don't care if you repeat it, the same one for the week, but you just need to do three. It's a bit like we were talking before, setting the habit. Mm-hmm. To now, honestly, everything I do, I have like this inner gratitude for. And I think that's where my joy comes from. I love that. Especially when, you know, like obviously even like COVID and all that, like and I've got a gym and COVID's and, COVID and gyms are just not a good combination, yeah. especially on a border. With two with two politicians who hate each other. I oh, like, you know, joy, joy, joy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Joe, I could sit there and go, 95% of the world population would love to be me right now. Mm. And I'm grateful for the things I do have rather than focusing on the things I don't have. And I love that you finished with gratitude. <laughs> yeah. Because as soon as you that habit that you create every night, those three things. Yep. You start to become conscious of how quick it changes how you feel. Though doing that practice then starts you being conscious, I feel, doing it in the moment throughout yes. the day. And you've probably been doing it for years. I've been doing it for years mm-hmm. when now it's you start to get maybe in a little bit of a tailspin, but how quickly you can change your focus and where your focus goes you know, that's going to change the energy. And I think um, as a, as a you know, fem- women entrepreneurs, it's so important because, you know, running a business, being an entrepreneur is hard and it's challenging and you're going to get roadblocks thrown up all the time. But if you can turn that round, even to the point of being grateful that you have the challenge. So, I mean, I'm good at that. I'm good at going, okay, what's this challenge here to teach you today? <laughs> <laughs> bring it on universe let's see what you got (laughs) you have your pity party for a minute okay there's something to be learned here yeah beautiful caroline thank you so much with blessing us with your genius and um, continuing just to change women out there around the world and um, thanks so much for saying yes to the interview today Thank you, Annette. It's been lovely. You're listening to The Herpreneur Show. I hope you received the inspirational idea, thought or message that you're meant to hear today. If you love the show, it means a bunch to me sending me a message on Facebook or on iTunes to rate and review the show and subscribe so you're the first to know when the next show's released. Until then, 
Make sure you do something that fills up your level of happiness, something that lifts your vibration so high that you are the happiest person that you know. I'm out.